Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network. Pills and all the aches I only want you to know And good afternoon. This is a Sunday afternoon here in beautiful Temecula Valley. And we are at the, actually the L.I. Promo Creative Studios in Wildemar. Our, one of our sponsors Yes, one of our great sponsors. And we have a wonderful show lined up for you today. Um, first off, I want to say, Tom, you're missing out. <laughs> Tom Plant is out on a field trip, <laughs> road trip, to uh, Lodi for a chocolate and wine festival with our friend Randy Mellinger. So, so you're missing a wonderful show, but that's okay. We can carry on. Yes, Tom, without you, it's like, for me, not Kat, it's like singing karaoke with a group of friends, and you carry the tune and walk off the stage, and here I am without you. So here we go. Without Tom Plant, we miss you. We hope you're having fun, and uh, we'll get you back here next week to to make sure you're carrying my tune. So we have some great interviews coming up. Right now, we have uh, J. Ryan Berent, Brent? Barons. Barons. Why can't I get that right? And then also, uh, a good friend of mine, Tom Bray, who played with Roger Stills, Nash, and Young, went on tour, trumpet player, yep. incredible person, uh, great stories. I could probably sit with a bottle of wine or two and listen to him tell stories about this, about that time period in his life. And just wonderful. We we did just listen to uh, Jay Ryan's music. Yes. And shall we get on to his interview? Okay. I was just looking at your Facebook page and your uh, all your other pages. One of you're look looking for the ZZ Top look here with your beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I get that from time to time. Um, so right now, I think it's a little shorter than it than some of the pictures for sure. Uh, maybe it's more the Dave Letterman look. Yeah, yeah, he's got that going on now too, doesn't he? He sure does. You're in yeah. uh, Minnesota, is that right? No, Michigan. Michigan. I'm sorry. Yep, Michigan. Yep. What part of the state? Uh, the west side of the state, near Grand Rapids. Beautiful. You're a little chilly yep. right now, aren't you? It's a little chilly, a little wet. Um, not as cold as it could be right now. Anyway, yeah. tell us about your music. How did you get started? Um, well, I guess I got started um, just kind of loving music when I was growing up. Um, my my dad was a big music guy, and so there was always music on in the house um, all the way from when I was very, very young up through high school um and my dad always kind of um encouraged that 
So every year for Christmas, I would get a new piece of stereo equipment or something like that. Um, so I, I guess from, from a young age, I always loved it. And then um, as I got older, I had, I, I guess I always thought or knew I could sing, um, but I was kind of scared and uh, never really pursued it until I was out of high school and out of kind of the the teenager um, the brutal you know, the, years the, the fear <laughs> the fears of being a teenager and trying to sing in front of people and all that stuff so when I got older I I uh, just had the opportunity to kind of join a, a, a band that was starting as a singer and so I kind of um, pursued that and auditioned for that band and got the gig and um, so I was a singer for that band when I was about 19, 20 years old. And then, um, slowly kind of taught myself guitar with help of one of the guys in the band. And, um, that's just kind of how I got started. Um, that band lasted for a couple of years and, um, and I just kind of went from that band to another band. And then I had a few years there in the middle where I was doing other things, um, and I got back into it probably when I was late 20s, I would say. When you were with the bands, what kind of music were you? Were you rock? Were you pop, country, uh, hybrid? What were you? Yeah, we were a rock. I, we were always, I've always pretty much been in rock bands. Um, my solo stuff that I've done is a little more folk, a little more um, singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. But anytime I've been in a band, it's been... A rock band, yeah. Who did you listen to growing up? What, what? Uh, name a, a few rock bands that you really liked. Well, um, when I was very young, <clears throat> I, you know, listened to a lot of um, Billy Joel, uh, some Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> I'm kind of all over the place. I'm, um, and then when I was a teenager, of course, that was the height of grunge and all of that sort of thing so a lot of the 90s rock bands were huge for me um pearl jam and Soundgarden, all of those kind of bands <clears throat> were uh, were huge for me when i was in my teens for sure <clears throat> so you it looks like like you do a, a lot of gigs around the michigan area and i, I understand there was some opportunities out in nashville some time ago do you want to elaborate on that? Um, I, yeah, I had friends that moved. Um, well, when I was younger, um, in some of those first up-and-coming bands, I had a couple, some friends in another band of my, uh, another band that was friends with us, and they had uh, scored a, a small um, record deal, and they, a few of them had moved to Nashville. So I had went down and... Uh, and just kind of played some stuff with them. Never really, um, never really did anything more than that as far as, as Nashville goes. I did, you know, we have done some some Chicago um, and Lansing, some of those kind of Midwestern towns. We've done a, a few different things here and there throughout the years, you know, not recently, but. Yeah, well, it, are you working on any new music? What do you think, uh, the, have you evolved from from when you first started? Uh, how do you, how where do you think your 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 growth has has your growth path has traveled? 
Yeah, I mean, when I when in those first two bands that I was starting out, it was kind of just learning, you know, how to even write songs or like um, kind of learning how maybe to make a song sound like something that you've been influenced by or listener or something that you liked from other bands um, style wise. Uh, then um, as I got into when I was a little bit older and doing some of the solo singer songwriter type stuff definitely was a, I think probably the time where I kind of honed what I, what I sounded like um, made, made more of what the songs that I was doing, um, I guess kind of sounded more like my own. Um, so that period of when I was writing um, solo and acoustic and, and kind of taking a more serious approach to it um definitely i guess i I think that's the time when i kind of evolved now currently um i've gotten into the into the cover band kind of thing again um so i had opportunities uh friends of mine were playing in a cover band and they needed they needed uh, a fill-in front man and asked me if i would fill in for uh, a couple of months and um when i when i did that the opportunity came for me to continue and stay on with that band and 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 so i did and that band now has gotten a lot more um i guess popular and a lot more busy than i had anticipated so now that's kind of taken a front seat to everything else at this point so um right now that's kind of what i've been doing um, as far as the new music and and stuff, that's something I'm definitely um, trying to work on. And this this winter is kind of going to be a focus to to write some new stuff and kind of get back to that um, original music. So. Terrific. Well, congratulations. Songwriting is is such a craft, and uh, I'm glad that you're practicing it. Yeah, I I, I that's my the thing I love most. Um, is when a song kind of comes, it just kind of comes sometimes and um, it's not really constructed. It just kind of flows out and, and, and it, you end up with it. And sometimes you have to make some adjustments to it and stuff like that. But those are the best kind of situations, I think. Absolutely. When they just come to you, it's what a gift, right? Yeah. Yeah, in, exactly. In the cover band, are you uh, able to play any of your originals? Um, that we've talked about it. Um, we have um, kind of messed around with it a little bit, but the, the deal is, is the the solo acoustic songwriting stuff that I did is a lot different than than the cover band stuff. We we're playing a lot of um, popular '90s rock and some of those sort of things. So that that the two kind of don't mesh well it's it's a concentrated thing if we were like we'd have to set time aside to actually focus on something like that and i think um i i would like to eventually take some of the songs that i've written over the years and and put a band together with that music but i think it may be different guys or or different situations where we would focus on doing that more it's always good, you know, to try to incorporate one or two originals and just to, if you want to see how your fans, re, you know, react to it. Yep, definitely. And we've, we've talked about that. And I, I know there's at least one or one or two of the other guys that um, 
one of the guys I know has expressed interest in doing some original stuff and and one of the other members is in multiple bands and he plays uh, uh, quite a few bands that are um, more original music so you are definitely an idea that we'll definitely approach at some point you are listening sure. to Chords, Vines and Dines and our guest is J. Ryan Barons. Jay, where can our listeners hear your music? Um, right now, the Reverb Nation kind of is the only spot that I have the music. I did have it on all platforms at one point, and I and I will eventually get that back on all platforms. Once I get some of these new songs written and uh, put together, I will um, probably release um, re-release those back onto all the streaming platforms. But right now... Um, the Reverb Nation page is kind of where I just kind of have them tucked away um, for now and just you know, revisit those as as I kind of do new stuff. So, Terrific. That sounds good. I can't wait to hear some more of your music. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Many mountains left to climb, and I can't face them all. You on my mind, I've been running around, living on the edge, because I can't take you home. Come see me sitting on your floor And I've been holding you And you don't even know I can't wait tonight To see you by my side And I won't ask for more
Hi, this is Robert Rankin Walker. You're listening to Chords and Vines on 10 Temecula Entertainment Network. Oh. Wasn't that a great interview with, with Jay Ryan? Yeah. I call him Jay, call him Jay Ryan. How about JR? Of course, that sounds sort of like, uh, what was, what was yeah, that? Yeah, JRUing. JRUing. <laughs> yeah, no, in the 1980s. 1980s. What was the name uh, of the television. TV show? Why am I drawing a blank? It, was it Dallas? Dallas, yes. I should know. I was working for the studios then, and we were handling them. But, oh, onward to February is the month of love and romance. And we were looking around, snooping around Google, trying to find the most romantic singers of all time. And this is what we discovered, although we didn't always agree. Uh, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Sting, Justin Timberlake, and Enrique Iglesias. What do you think, Kat? But then I could add Barry White and Robert Plant and, of course, the Righteous Brothers and Bill Medley. Uh, oh, cat melts with Bill I Medley. Know. Remember, remember Rebecca and uh, the sitcom Cheers. And every time she heard Bill Medley and the Righteous Brothers, she would just crumble and fall. Who was no. Rebecca played by? Was that Christy? Yeah, Christy, Christy Alley. Yeah, Christy Alley. Yeah, another one we lost recently. Yeah, it's been weird for sure. And with David Crosby leaving us here. Recently, it's it's uh, really a, rather a tribute to have Tom Bray on the show today to talk about his uh, time on the road with uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and uh, tell us a few little stories here about Joni Mitchell. And don't you love that one about David Crosby and Joni Mitchell were an item back in 1967 when he was still with the Birds. And he brought her out to uh, Laurel Canyon. And they were an item for a while. And I guess she got tired of some of his shenanigans. And they were over at Peter Tork's house with a group of people. And she said she had a new song. And started to play this song. And it was turned out it was very clearly a breakup song to David Crosby. <laughs> and not only did she sing it once, she sang it a second time. Like, you get it yet? You get it? <laughs> And yeah. everybody was kind of like, ooh, what, you know, how is he going to take this? And I guess he actually took it pretty well. Um, later on, you know, she ended up with Graham Nash, and he wrote the song Our House uh, about the two of them. And David Crosby always said he thought the two of them were a much better match than he was with her. Can you imagine hanging out, just going, hey, you know what, it's Saturday. Let's just go hang at... Peter Twerk's house for fun and then everybody with all of these huge names is just hanging during the hippie era living room and they're they're just making it making it happen hanging out. I can imagine how much fun that would have been up there and uh, oh, what I would have loved it. Oh cat, I could see you there well, all day long. That was one of my old hangouts was out Laurel Canyon and Malibu and I love that whole area. We used to hike down in one of the canyons there around Malibu with the, where the guys would have their guitars and we had flutes and our boda bags. And we found a little freshwater stream and we'd sit there all day and drink wine and guys would play music. I had a wonderful time. Can't do that anymore, but back then it was a lot of fun. 
I think you've just altered a little bit of the path, but I, I think that wine drinking music thing's still going on for you, Kat. It certainly is. <laughs> so shall we get on and listen to Tom Bray right now? Absolutely. I can't wait to hear it. He's great. We are here with Tom Bray, a trumpet. What else do you play, Tom? You play more than just trumpet or... Uh, well, I play the uh, flugelhorn, which is a lot like the trumpet. Chuck, Chuck Mazzioni made the flugelhorn famous with a song called Feels So Good Absolutely. many years ago. And also uh, played a piano a bit. And I sing uh, as good as I want. Most of the time, I don't want to sing that good. That's the problem. Well, but, uh, it's, that's my it's fun. problem. You were, uh, you were on tour with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And from mm-hmm. yeah. what I read was, was that was a perfect tour. It was a really good tour. It, it well, yeah, it it was. It was uh, they. Neil got everybody back together because they hadn't toured in a long time. Because we recorded an album in March of two thousand six called uh, "Was Neil Young uh, Living with War," and mm-hmm. they've always been quite political in their stances about you know what they talk about. Uh, and this was a protest of the war in Iraq. And, you know, we had a, we had one song called Let's Impeach the President, which I got to start off the intro with the, with taps, which was an honor anyway. Uh, But, uh, anyway, that we did that with Neil up at his ranch. And then in, uh, following June, he got Crosby, Stills, Nash together and we started rehearsing in Burbank for the summer tour, uh, that year, 2006. And it was, it, it was a really amazing thing. I was, I was so happy to be part of that. And given the fact that we lost David Crosby mm. just a few weeks ago, or I think it was on the 19th, I'm, I'm not really sure exactly. But <clears throat> anyway, that uh, that brought a lot of people together, That you know, people that I knew that did the tour uh, and a lot of a lot of you know messaging on facebook sharing pictures of the tour and one picture we were on our private jet and it was uh it was an amazing experience how did you get to to be in the band go on tour how were you selected did you have to audition or were you a studio musician and just got picked up or how did that all happen well, as far as getting together with Neil, we uh, we started. Let's see, wait, I can't even remember the year. We did a myself. I say we myself. Uh, guy named Steve Otis Lawrence and Kenny Walter. Steve played sax and Kenny played trombone. So we had our three piece horn section, and we did a session for uh, the Crazy Horse. Mm-hmm. That's Neil's favorite backup band, and. So we had a wild time in the studios. Those days were crazy. I can't go into I can't go into much detail on that. But anyway, uh, so when Neil wanted to do back in 1988, Neil wanted to do an album uh, called "This Notes for You." And again, it's another protest thing about corporate sponsorship in uh, uh, rock and roll. Uh, that uh, Billy Calvert's wife told Neil about our horn section and the way she put it she said boy these guys are just as crazy as you are (laughs) and so we got the gig and we uh we did the this notes for you tour in 88 we won uh mtv's best video of the year in that that year it was a great one and um that's where we first started working with neil and after that i got i got called uh every once in a while when 
he would be recording and this is after I stopped working with him for a few years and he just called and said, you know, Hey, well, Tommy, what are you doing tomorrow? And mm-hmm. I said, okay. James would uh, send me a plane ticket. I was living in Las Vegas at one time when we did this, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, getting back to the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young tour, uh, I was so surprised to get, I got a message from a guy who, uh, was at the last show that we played. And, uh, he he complimented me so much. He said, my trumpet playing sent shivers up his spine. And he was wondering who actually, whose idea was it to put the trumpet for that, uh, that tour? And it was, it was Neil, you know, when I first got the call to do the thing, I thought that, uh, I'd be working like I usually do. I work with the horn section and then, uh, the girl Bonnie, she works at lookout, lookout management is, is Neil's uh, management company. And she said, no, I think Tommy, I think you're going to be doing like a power trio with a trumpet. Whoa. Uh, wow. No kidding. John. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey Tom, I, I can't even imagine what it must've been like to be in the presence of those magnificent harmonies. Oh my, yes. That, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't play on all the songs. I played on the songs that uh, were like off of the Living With War album, and the concert was maybe two and a half, three hours long, usually. Uh, and I got to hear every night on the summer of 2006, I got to hear every show, and it was just breathtaking. It was amazing. Oh, um, lucky man. Jeez. So but, uh, they, I, t- they, haven't, they haven't worked together since, yeah. since that tour. That's too bad. Well, there and was then, a lot uh, of issues. I think some egos got in there. and yeah, Well, uh, you know, uh, given the fact that David, you know, he, he passed and you don't want to say anything bad about him, but he had that, this a habit of he would speak his mind and sometimes he wouldn't really think about the consequences. Uh, when, when Neil broke up with Peggy, I think they were married for like 35, 36 years. Wow. And uh, Neil got together with Daryl Hannah the actress and David made a statement just saying, well, you know, I hate it when people kick love to the gutter or to the curb or something like that. He said it really pissed him off. And it was at that point, Neil issued a statement and, and said, uh, up yours, buddy. I'm never, never working with you again. And that's, he, he's the David has done that in the past. Just, you know, you don't have to say that kind of stuff, but no. yeah, anyway, do you have a particularly funny story that you can tell us about being on the road with the band? Is there any specific story that stands out in your mind as funny? Oh, oh God, it was it was a blast. It was so much fun. Uh, we had the, in 1988, we had a, the group called Neil Young and the Blue Notes, and we toured all, all over the country in Canada. Uh, and, and that was great because I mean, we had a 10-piece band wherever we used to go, we would like take over. It was, uh, <laughs> there's safety in numbers, I guess. <laughs> and so we, uh, we just had a blast doing that. My friend, uh, my friend, Steve Otis Lawrence, he was, uh, we've been together since high school playing music and we were lucky enough to do some of the, you know, the, the bigger shows and just enjoy that, that whole scene. God, but but with uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, that was uh, the the big, you know, we played Irvine Meadows, the Hollywood Bowl, Madison Square Garden, wow. all of these amazing places that uh, just, it was just such a great feeling. 
I was music is the most important thing I think in, in has been in my life. Well, besides you know my wife and family and all, but yes. uh, and speaking of uh, Kat, how how's your grandson uh, Braden? Is that his name? Yeah, he's yeah. Fine. How's he doing? He's fine, my little music man. Every morning he's was, up uh, watching, uh, listening to music, rocking that, out before school. Yes, that's what made me think about it because the music is, is so good for uh, young young minds and oh, getting it done. I, I first fell in love with the trumpet when I was about 11 or 12 years old. My dad took the family to Disneyland and Louis Armstrong was playing mm. with his band. And I got that. I climbed up a tree, you know, so I could see. And just it was just such an amazing experience that I never forgot. And then I had the opportunity to pick up a trumpet and it was changed my life in a bit. Because Louis Armstrong? Well, yeah, and just seeing the magic that he had mm -hmm. when he was performing and when he would sing and he would finish a song and the people would stand and clap and he got the biggest smile. It just uh, the, the joy that he brought with him was uh, an amazing uh, thing to see. What a thrill that must have been to he see He was him. one of a kind. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, really. Yes, uh, but I first started playing music when I was in right out of high school. We had a band in high school called the Two Thirds Majority. So we were kind of <laughs> political, politically involved. In, but uh, we put a song together called Midnight Confessions, and uh, it was picked up. We we did it. We got a record deal from Mercury Records at that time. It was like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar record deal, which was a really big deal back in nineteen sixty eight. And then the, our song never quite made it, you know, to the to the top spots. But the, a group called the Grassroots picked it up. That's right. I was going to say they that. They made it a big hit. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so, that's, I was just thinking, didn't the Grassroots do a song with that yeah. title? <laughs> that, that was our introduction into the music business. They stole our song. Note for note, they took <laughs> it. And uh, they made it a big hit. And the, the lead, their lead singer was ne nowhere near as good as ours. Our, our lead singer, Manny Esparza, was our guy. And, uh, but that was our intro into the music business. Uh, I've heard stories it, like that. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Tom, yeah, how long we, have you been living in the Temecula Valley? What's that? How long have you been living in the Temecula Valley? Oh, God, that's been 14, 15 years now. And... Uh, uh, are you still performing at wineries? A little bit. I haven't for a while. I've been like, God, uh, 2023 has been really bad to me as far as health wise. My, uh, I had the, got the flu on January 2nd. Mm -hmm. And then I have, I've had the, the ear infections, the bad nasal sinus infections. So I'm just getting back out into the, into the world again right now. But I don't have anything booked. I like to, what I've been doing, which is a lot of fun, is just going into different clubs and uh, wineries and playing along with people. You know, Jason Weber is a guy who's really good. Oh, yeah. And I can I can go uh, jam with him anytime. And I don't have to set up equipment. You know, it's really, really nice. But, there you go. Yeah, just the trumpet. It works. Hey, I wanted to ask you, back when you were touring, did Diane go with you? Uh, well, yeah, with the... Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, you know, she was uh, she was working at Bank of America, and uh, when we were doing that, and it, one reason I love Diane so much is because she cannot tell a lie, <laughs> and we we were going to the place called Red Rocks in Colorado, 
going to be playing there two nights. And I, I called her, you know, and said, hey, you know, you got to fly in for this because Red Rocks is one of the most amazing venues in the country. And so the next day she went to work and she asked the manager of the bank, you know, if she could get off and, and go to this this weekend concert. And the manager, oh, no, no, you can't do that. She should have just called in sick. <laughs> that would have been that would have been good, but I uh, cannot tell a lie. And anyway, but no, she was. Uh, we spent about a week in New York when we were there doing Madison Square Garden, and we were based at the Carlisle Hotel, and we would do all uh, different gigs on the East Coast and just commute back and forth to to the Carlisle, which was very nice. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah, we. So I saw met Warren Beatty. There, when we did the Madison Square Garden, uh, Bette Midler was mm. at the show. She was backstage. And uh, after the show, you know, I went backstage to just hobnob with all of these celebrities. Uh-huh. And uh, and she came up to me and she goes, the trumpet really works. Nice. It's, it, was, it was different than, you know, nobody really expected to see this lone trumpet player come out and uh, do his thing. But <clears throat> Neil told me when I asked him about, well, I'm not, am I going to be working with a, a horn section? And he said, no, you're going to be like the bugler from the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could do that. So yeah, Tom, so that I think was, you ought to write a book. Oh, hey, you know, I've had somebody else tell me that, too. If, maybe I will. Yeah. If you need an editor, I'm available. Good to know. Yes, sir. Sounds I just don't need story. to get my spelling in order. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think you've got such fabulous memories. What what a fun time that must have been in your life. I've just yep. I oh, envy absolutely. you for that. And, but you know what? Growing up, when I mentioned spelling, I was dyslexic mm. in uh, in school, elementary school, and that they didn't back then. They had no idea what the problem was, and so they. Uh, they kicked me back from third grade. I had to go back to second grade. Everybody was insisting that I was just stupid. Uh, and uh, I heard Henry Winkler went through that same thing. Wow. He said, after a while, when so many people tell you that, you start believing it. And it it wasn't until I, when I started playing music, that's when I think my life really came together. I had a, a purpose kind of thing. But uh, that's an interesting, interesting thing. Because you, <laughs> spelling has always been a challenge. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Tom Braden just walked in the uh, room, and I know you'd like to say hello to Tom Bray, wouldn't you, Braden? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Braden. You. How you doing? I'm good. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Tom? <laughs> he said, I'm good. good. How are you doing, Tom? Good. Do you like to play piano? Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I think the piano is a, a great instrument. Who I really do. Teacher? So, Braden, you all learn how to play trumpet, too? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> He's not sure yet. <laughs> I know. Stick with piano for the first, you know, first year or so. Well, that's what I've heard, is that you learn to play piano, and then you can pretty much learn to play any instrument after that. Well, yeah, well, the thing I like about looking at just looking at the piano, you've got your middle C, you've got your high C, you've got the keyboard all in front, all of, you know, the octaves and stuff. When it, with a trumpet, you're playing it, you got to, like, pick the note out of the air. But where with a piano, you can see it. Right. That's just, that's just my philosophy. Well, that's but. interesting. Yeah, I never that, thought about Yeah, that was, that's something yeah. interesting. Now, if you were going to give advice to someone coming into the music industry... What advice would you give? Gosh, I don't even know right now. I mean, I, I came up in a whole different uh, era 
you know, when you get a band together and make a record deal and like that. These days, uh, I've heard stories from like Joe Walsh. I got to jam with Joe and got to know him pretty good. So, uh, uh, but it's really tough, especially with all of the, they, they've got this, uh, oh, just different ways of recording. I don't know. Oh, I know. I'm, Isn't it crazy? You just don't go to a record. It seemed to be a lot of fun going to recording studios. Now you go to somebody's home and record, or you can just do it in your own room or something. It doesn't seem to have the same ambiance like before. That, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, as far as I have no idea how to even approach it. I have I've got two wonderful uh, grandbabies now. I have uh, uh, Isaac Thomas, and he's he's going to be five uh, pretty soon. And uh, also, May Lee is my granddaughter; she's seven. And we're, I gave them both trumpets about a year ago. I think it was in twenty twenty when we were wow. going through the quarantine thing right. and all. I had a couple of what do you call pocket trumpets, the real trumpets, real B flat trumpet, and I thought that. Uh, they would if if they wanted to play they, they've got it right there you know how cool is anyway. that that's really yeah cool. no that's fun that mentality to... of don't let any disability set you back because wherever you're having trouble in one area you will will excel in another so i think that you're sort right. of the living proof of that yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I read something somebody posted about, well, instead of teachers judging, you know, students on one type of curriculum, they should do be more uh, in touch with how uh, how students might learn in a different way kind of a, approach. It's a different approach than, well, than the way well, in the dark ages when I was going to school. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, Yes, I agree with you. I, I think that, that, that the, in some weird way, if you have a disability, and I've seen this over and over, where there is a disability, there's a strength that is equal or double the power of that disability. So I, you know, to reach out and tell people that you have this, this disability of being dyslexic and you you turned that around and made your life big. That, thank you. Yeah, uh, it, it won, a couple of really big examples of that would be like Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, Jose oh, yeah. Feliciano. I mean, mm -hmm. they they had some heavy disabilities and they just soared, they, they flew. You know, it's amazing. Sounded like you did too. Well, Tom, we look <laughs> forward you. to seeing you and Diane in the very near future, and thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. No, it was really, it was really a pleasure. I feel very uh, honored that, that you would ask me to do this. All, all the best of luck to your new uh, uh, your website you know, and everything you. that's going on. And uh, we look forward to seeing you too, you and Diane, out at the wineries. We've got to go wine yes. soon. Yes, uh, we're on our way to Callaway right now. We have joined Callaway, so oh, we're hanging cool. out there. Wonderful. I thought. I thought I'd get Callaway a plug. <laughs> well, give, give Diane my love. Wait, thank you so much for having me. You made my day here. Thank you. Yay. Thanks, bye. Tom. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Wasn't that a great interview with Tom? I just loved to listen to him, the stories and his music, and we'll just have to get him on the show again. Absolutely. I'm I'm actually pushing towards, let's try, try to... Uh, I hope I hope you're not going to have to cut this out, but find Donnie Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that Tom Bray said his favorite songs. 
was um, Teach, Teach Your Children. Yes. Yeah. And that stills Nash from the Deja Vu album, which was a great album. I love that one. Yeah. And his other song, which was Neil Young and the Blue Notes, is On the Way Home. I believe that's a a song was originally done by Buffalo Springfield, but I'm not positive by that. Of course, Neil Young was with Buffalo Springfield, but yeah, yeah. Well, and Crosby was. I I was surprised as a you know someone who hasn't necessarily studied as much as you have, Kat, that uh, Crosby was with the Birds. Yep. Uh, and I believe that was before. Before Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, yes. Yeah. So, and, and they were a huge success. And what, what what were some of their more, I, I know that there's been some huge hits that came out of just them alone. It just seems that it, the magic of the music and the magic of the people and uh, they, they just, it, it seemed like everything they touched turned to Well, gold. they had... Uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, Eight Miles High, I Feel a Whole Lot Better, Turn, Turn, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. Oh, I love that one. Oh, my gosh. And uh, My Back Pages. So that's just some of them. Yeah. A that's, few of theirs. And that's how you kick off your career. You, <laughs> and then he went on to, to join, Cros- you know, form Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Yeah, it, it it's it's pretty amazing. I I mean, all of his bandmates had um just just sweet things to say about him. Um, uh, recently, again, now that uh, he's now gone, they, they he really came from the heart, the love of music, the and and they really truly did care each care about each other, even though they had many differences as bandmates many times do. Well, it's like what. Uh... Tom Bray said in his interview, David was a little outspoken and some things you shouldn't shouldn't be saying, and he said it anyway. Mm, well, you know what? In today's age, that might have been just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like everybody's doing that now. So, was certainly missed by all of his bandmates and all of the all of the people that uh, have been listening to his music forever. I uh, understand he was writing music all the way up to the very end. Yes, in fact, uh, it's my understanding that he was 80 and said, I'm done. I'm, I'm just not doing this anymore. And then turned around a short time later and said, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to start a new band. Um. <laughs> you know, he also had his own cannabis brand, too, called yeah. Mighty Cross, C-R-O-Z. He was a 50-plus year cannabis advocate and connoisseur. And he created cannabis as uh, contributing to his creative process of songwriting, stating all those hit songs, every one of them, I wrote them all on cannabis. Anyway, so... Um, I'm going to Val- get cut. No, for Valentine's Day, what do, you, what do you want your husband to do for you? Gee. I mean, keep it nice, keep it clean. Oh, you know, some years ago, I think, I think, you know, we've been down this road for so long that I th- I think I can go back on a time when we were very young and uh, we went to dinner. He picked me up in a limo and uh, w- when we walked out the door, the limo was there and the, the roof opened up and balloons flew out and we got in the limo and there were napkins with a happy Valentine's Day and the date oh. and... I thought that was really amazing. I don't think he can, I don't think he can, well, 
to compete with, with, with when you have to outdo something when you've already hit the top. Yeah, that. yeah, really the charts. Cool. Now it's like, well, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, I'm going to be doing the Galentine's uh, event over at Lorimar on February 9th. With be a lot of good Valentine gifts separate people to come and buy. There'll be a lot of vendors, uh, music, and wine. So Sounds if your husband doesn't have a gift for or you don't have a gift for your husband yet, come over to Lorimore Winery out in Temecula Wine Country on February 9th from 5 to 8 and check out all the vendors and check out my wine corks, my sassy corks. Sassy mamas. I showed you my heart corks my heart-shaped corks oh and that i will have that up there along with my sassy mama's cherry and chocolate butter yeah these are very unique gifts that are truly going to be kept for many 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 years well the cool thing with the heart is you can use it anytime not just for valentine's put on your wall put it on your door yeah yeah it's amazing it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, I love it. I'm getting one. Oh, good. I'll hold one, put one aside for you. Absolutely. All right. So we have a great, we had a great interviews today. Yeah. And um, I thank you so much. Yeah. Well, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Quick Tech Computer Company. We have our computer services, Sassy Mamas and My Normas, all supporting us, and we really appreciate them being on board with us. And we wanted to uh, do the quote of the day. And the quote of the day today is People will forget what you said, people will even forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And on that note, we wanted to thank everybody out there for listening. And we look forward next week. We're going to have Rick Frost and Andrew Gonzalez as our musical guest. Yeah. And we're still building on that. So we, until next week, have a great week. And we'll, uh, we'll be uh, tuned in next week. Thank you. Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell. It slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why? If they told you you would cry, so just look at them and sigh.
Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network. Wow. 